0: Welcome to the Ruby Book Club podcast. Today we're doing a special episode on RailsConf. I'm Saran, developer and founder of
1: CodeNewbie. I'm Nadia, Director of Ignition Works.
0: So we're recording this episode from Kansas City, Missouri. And for once, we are actually in the same place. We're actually in Nadia's hotel room, which is very exciting. And if you (laughs) don't know, RailsConf is the largest conference for Rails developers. It's a three-day conference. And it's such a great opportunity to get to meet so many people that we've seen online and talked to on Twitter. And now they're here and they're real people. We get to meet so many awesome folks in the community.
1: One in particular was Stephanie Nemeth. She's been a supporter of the podcast from the beginning and she ended up being my RailsConf scholar. So RailsConf is awesome. It has this scholar guide program where someone who's been to a RubyConf or a RailsConf before and is maybe a bit more experienced in programming is a mentor to someone who's never been to uh, such a conference before and so I had Stephanie and you know she's been listening to the podcast and was so awesome, got stuck in from the beginning and ended up giving a lightning talk about her company Space Babies where her boss only hires new developers and trains them up to be consultants. That was awesome for everyone to hear about that and it was so much fun hanging out with her.
0: Can we talk about how awesome the company named Space Babies is? I don't know what that means, but I think it's really awesome.
1: I think it's awesome too.
0: (laughs) And we also want to shout out Matthias Huber. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. He's been an awesome supporter of the show, always following along and leaving comments on our website and really just letting us know how we're doing and what he thinks. So, So awesome to have really great listeners like that. And so if you have any ideas or comments or thoughts you want to share, we do read everything and we respond. So please let us know what you think. So, Nadia, what did you think of this year's RailsConf?
1: It was brilliant. I had such a good time. My first main software conference was last year's RailsConf so it felt like it was a one-year conference friend (laughs) diversary. I was being reunited with all the people I'd met and it was just a good reminder of how brilliant the Ruby community is. There was such a brilliant range of talks from technical and non-technical. I gave a talk and it was all about code hospitality and how we can better collaborate and learn and it was really touching to see all my Ruby friends who turned up in the audience to support me. And who have given me such wonderful feedback, so that I could improve it the next time I give it. So it was it was a great experience. What about you?
0: Yeah, and I, I totally agree. It was such a great opportunity. There were so many. There were so many talks. I think we had what was it eighty talks throughout the three days. And for listeners who maybe haven't been to a tech conference before, this one is big. I think there were was it thirteen hundred attendees. Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is really, really big. And we had it at a convention center. And so there are these short, generally about 20 to 30-minute talks. There are two keynotes each day. And then there's breakout sessions. There's a couple different tracks that you can choose from. And I was on the programming committee this year. So I got to read hundreds of talk proposals and give feedback. And actually got to pick. Um, I got to pick some of the talks. So I had a track specifically for junior developers. And I got to pick those. And it was a really great opportunity to get to be behind the scenes and put together or help put together a conference. And it made me really appreciate just all the work that goes into it. So what was your favorite part of the conference experience?
1: So for me, um, I really enjoyed having a chance to give this talk that I've been working on. And like I said, the best bit was all the support from my friends who really want me to improve and do better. And they tell me how great they enjoyed my talk, but hey, how about this and how about that? And it's really good to get that honest feedback from people who you 've only i 've only met them perhaps three times, but mm-hmm. we're, we feel so close and they 're so open with me to say hey here 's how you might think about doing something better, and that really means a lot that 's very valuable. What about you
0: yeah, same. I, I feel like there's so many people that i 've either done Google Hangouts with or i 've done skype sessions where they 're just emailed back and forth, and when you get to just hang out and have dinner with someone or just, you know, step away from the conference for a bit and have a a cup of coffee and just sit and talk. I think that it really brings that relationship to the next level. I think you get to be a lot closer to the person. And so I learned a lot from from a lot of other people. I got to hear about their stories and their experience. And I got a couple uh, podcast guests for the could Be podcast. I got to officially meet Michael Hartle, which is awesome. I've quartered him and made him uh, agree to being on my <laughs> show, which is great. I got to talk to Yehuda Katz, who created Ember. And he's going to be on the show, too. So it was a great opportunity to start conversations, but then solidify them and and really get to see people beyond their tweets and avatars and really get to know them. And one of my favorite parts about the conference which was surprising to me i've been you know in the tech community for a couple years and and doing conferences for a while but what is really refreshing and surprising is that it's not all technical right there's this really nice balance of technical talks that are just you know this is how you ruby and there's also the non-technical stuff which is more about communication and teamwork and hiring and empathy and that balance to me is is really awesome and and makes this community just a lot more accessible to different people at different levels.
1: I agree. And when you come to the conference, there's such a breadth of things that you can choose to go to. So there will be five talks going on and two workshops. So depending on your learning style, depending on the type of thing that suits you, you will find something that that fits your current mood. And Mm -hmm. if you don't like it, it's easy for you to leave and try something else it's nobody's precious about what they're speaking about people want you to just have the best experience and so that's really cool I mean I've seen speakers say talk to someone they've just met and they'll say oh I'm excited about coming to your talk and that speaker will say, oh, well, based on what you've told me or based on where I think you're at, try check out this talk. Mm-hmm. And so that that is really cool to see where where everyone else just wants each person to get the best out of their conference. And even if they're speaking, it's not about coming to my talk for the sake of it. It's about how are you going to get the most out of it?
0: Definitely. So let's talk through some of our favorite talks. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Which one really caught your eye?
1: Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind is Justin Searle's talk mm-hmm. on Aspect and Rails 5. But the thing is, it was so much more than a talk about RSpec and Rails 5. So the situation with Justin's talk was that he had to give this talk last minute. So Justin is someone that spends hours and hours on his talks and all his slides, a super creative, insightful presenter. And last minute, Sam Phippen sadly, was unwell and couldn't he, he's from London like me and he couldn't come to the conference and so Justin stepped in and gave Sam's talk and so we turn up at this talk and he starts by doing a little a humorous piece on how he is not Sam Fippen before going <laughs> on to talk about some of the things that Sam Fippen might talk about but then the really eye-opening amazing bit was when he switched it up and said look why are we all here why have all of you guys come to an RSpec and Rails 5 talk. Really, we need to be talking about the state of Rails and Ruby in the community and how it's declining. And we need to start doing something about it. And there was this moment where he said, you've all come to this conference and a lot of the people who started Ruby are not in Ruby anymore and maybe aren't even with us anymore. And so like it or not, you are one of the the most important important people in the world who are going to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And I I don't want to give too much away, but it's definitely a talk for you to go and check out and watch if you're a Ruby developer and think about what you can do to, you know, keep Ruby growing and keep Ruby being the amazing place that it is and keep people building things in Ruby and Rails.
0: And I love this talk because it's such a great balance of technical and non-technical. And usually the talks are one or the other, right? They're either full of code samples or none at all. And with Justin's, he used Rails 5, which I believe is coming out soon, soonish.
1: I think there's going to be a release candidate around now.
0: Right. Yeah. And so he used this hook of Rails 5 and how does RSpec and how does testing fit in with that? And he used that excuse as a way to talk about something much deeper. And so there was, you know, real code stuff in there that's actually valuable if you are interested in RSpec and Rails. But There's a much bigger, deeper and more human message behind it. And what I'm most impressed about with Justin's talks, and I feel like they all have this type of vibe, is his ability to start technically and get you interested in that and then kind of almost trick you <laughs> into having a more emotional, deeper conversation by the end of it. And uh, my, my favorite part was the hashtag make Ruby great again, uh, which is very timely and very funny, but also very serious. And so I, I really, really loved that talk. Um, the next one I was really excited about was Sandy's talk, of course, which was yes. on Code Smells and it's called Get a Whiff of This. Always great talk title. <laughs> uh, what did you think of Sandy's talk?
1: Oh, I thought it was fantastic. She does this great thing of asking the audience, okay, you think you know Code smells, but can you name five? No one ever (laughs) can. And you, you look around the room and you see everyone like, oh, no, I can't name five. And it's just a phenomenal talk where she lists very succinctly and very clearly all the main code smells you need to talk about but in a way that's not overwhelming Mm -hmm. is very manageable with with great visual cues and then she says well let's see how we use this in practice and in her usual awesome style she goes through a, a couple of she steps through a couple of code examples and saying here are the patterns here are the smells and here's how you might refactor it and it was just I feel like it's code smells 101 and for all of our listeners out there learning Ruby it's a great talk to go and watch and to to start to think about because it it touches on something that we've discussed uh, some weeks ago when we were talking about gut-driven development and when we're reading code and we go ooh, that doesn't seem right or when we're writing our own code and Sandy helps you get to the next step of that which is this doesn't seem right this is why, and here's how you fix it. So I really recommend our listeners go and check out that talk when the video comes out.
0: Yeah, it's a great foundational talk in a way, right? Because she goes through, I can't remember how many there were, but there were a, a good number, maybe, maybe twenty-two. 22? Yes. Yes, 22 different code smells. And so she goes through examples for a few of them. I think it was maybe five of them. But if you want, you know, you can go through the rest of them on your own because she gives you the categories and she kind of gives you a little taste of it and you can read up about it on your own. So it's a really good starting piece to get you interested and get you hooked. And it's really easy to go from that to digging a little bit deeper and learning the rest on your own. And what I really liked about it is that it ties in so well to Confident Ruby because the types of refactoring that she's doing is generally pretty in line. Right? It, it's very, it was very method focused, the examples that she showed. And when we got a chance to meet Avdi uh, and, and get to hang out with him a bit and um, you know, he talked to us about the book and kind of his intent behind the book, it was that a lot of refactoring is very high level and kind of on the big business modeling level. But in this book, he gets to really talk about the details and talk about each little individual method. And so the code smells that we talked about are also on that level. So if you are enjoying Confident Ruby, and hopefully you are if you're still listening to the show, definitely check out that book, and it really ties nicely to the things that we talk about.
1: Yeah. Another talk that stood out for me was Michael Rao's Storytelling with Code.
0: Mm-hmm. He has
1: created a one-person show with a Rails app and an Arduino. And he set up this sort of office environment and I don't wanna spoil it, go watch it and find out how you can create awesome art that drives people to tears with Ruby and Rails.
0: Literally drives people to tears. I think my favorite quote from that talk was him saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry with my art. And he meant that very seriously.
1: Yeah, so check that one out. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, I want to talk about Stella Cotton's talk, site Availability for Everybody. She gives lots of practical tips for what to do when the site goes down. And she starts her talk by asking everyone in the room, it's the middle of the night, your phone rings, the site's down, do you know what to do? Do you know exactly what to do? Mm-hmm. And so she plays on this 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 confidence that we may or may not have around what to do in an emergency scenario and she presented it amazingly well she had really good practical examples and so I was really impressed I'd never seen Stella speak before had you
0: so I have actually, I saw that talk for the first time at RubyConf Australia a couple months ago. And when she was giving it, it was her first time speaking, period. And you know, whenever the speaker says that, I, I instantly get very nervous and kind of protective. And I said, oh man, I hope she does really well. And she did brilliantly. And she had lots of really good stuff to talk about. She had a real life example, which I think is a really great inspiration for a talk, right? Saying this is what This is what inspired this topic. This is how I started thinking about it. And she delivered and she did it again at RailsConf. And I'm so glad that she was able to share her story and her really awesome technical expertise, you know, in a sense, with so many more people in the United States.
1: Yeah, so go check out those talks when they come out on ConfReaks in a couple of weeks. There were so many other brilliant talks that we didn't get a chance to talk about Uh, like mine, so go watch that and (laughs) and let me know your feedback and what you think about code hospitality. I'd I'd love to hear from you. And the other thing that happens at... RailsConf and RubyConf, which is really cool because it's a great way for anyone to get stuck into speaking, is they do an hour and a half of lightning talks one evening. So they have a board outside in the hallway, and you can sign up the morning of. In it's first come first serve, and they get 30, 30 or so people to sign up, and. It, it means that if you've never spoken before, the first time you speak can be in a room filled with hundreds of Ruby Rails developers, but it's such a, an amazing supportive community that it's not daunting. And I've heard many stories of people who've given their first talk as a lightning talk at one of these conferences, and then you see them at the next conference giving a full, a full, full talk. And Stephanie, my scholar, she was thinking about it and we had a discussion and she ended up getting up stage and doing it. And so that was fantastic <clears throat> to see.
0: And so you actually started that way too, right? Wasn't one of your talks, didn't it start as a lightning talk and then became a full thing?
1: Yeah, it started as a lightning talk at, in my office though, not at a conference, mm-hmm. but it's the same deal. So if anyone's out there and they think they might want to talk, find somewhere where you can give a lightning talk. Whether it's a local thing or if you're next at a conference and they say, they they ask around for signups for lightning talks, just give it a go. It's a very, very friendly, accessible way to get into speaking Did you do any lightning talks around this time around? I did. We
0: actually did a couple of lightning talks. So we did one for Ruby Book Club podcast and I got to do one for CodeNewbie and get to share a little bit more about what we're doing there. And to your point about just the accessibility of speaking, I think that Ruby conferences in general, but particularly RailsConf, they do such a great job of creating a supportive environment for first-time speakers. So Lightning Talks are a great way to just put together a couple slides. I think we did our slides, what, an hour before we actually had to go and deliver it. Uh, And lots of people, you know, same, same thing. They come up with an idea or... They talk through an idea at the conference itself and then put together just a couple of slides and say a couple of words. And so these types of conferences are actually very, very, very beginner friendly, very, very great for first time speakers. So if you're feeling a little bit shy, a little bit insecure, come talk to us. We'll talk you into it. It'll be a great experience. And for me, one of the the highlights was really getting to share the Ruby Book Club podcast with so many folks. And afterwards, I think we got a number of subscriptions just from that and it was it was really great because there was a moment in our talk where we said you know how many of you are really excited about reading a book but how many of you have actually finished reading a book and everyone na- laughed <laughs> and everyone laughed very nervously because they all are very guilty of not actually finishing and us getting the opportunity to tell people that, you know, we have done eight episodes and we're a little bit over halfway through and we've been consistently reading and recording each week. I think that helped a lot of people realize that there's a way to do it that actually works and hopefully we'll get some more readers into our club.
1: Yes, so if you're listening to this episode and you want to join in, Avdi has very kindly set up a voucher for us. The code is CRBookClub and that gives you 20% off when you go and buy the book at confidentruby.com.
0: Wonderful. So I think that's about it for our show. Nadia, any final thoughts?
1: Nope. That's
0: it. Awesome. Well, we hope to see you in our book club sometime in the future. Don't forget to check out the website and tweet at us, at Ruby Book Club. Keep reading with us. Let us know what you're thinking and let us know what you're learning and what your takeaways are. And next week, we'll follow up with the next sections of the book. So hope to see you then. Cheerio.